Hey, here we go. Welcome to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Coming to you after the Jaguars-Steelers preseason game, the third preseason game for the Jaguars. It still goes in the book. It still goes in the books as a loss. The Steelers 16, the Jaguars 15. The Jacksonville Jaguars still had a chance to kick a field goal at the end to win the game. And I guess this particular game would be nice to win, but, you know, it's preseason, right? Save it for the regular season. Well, the Jags were competitive. It was really a, the best way to describe it, I mean, it was an ugly game. Not many points. Um, the Jaguars' defense, uh, on a good note, the Jaguars' defense, the um, the first-line guys played extremely well. They really did. Um, Steelers really couldn't move the ball in the early going on the Jags' defense too much. Uh, Jaguars fell short offensively. You know, they ended up kicking two field goals. There were actually field goals missed in this game. Uh, the Jaguars missed a field goal early. The Steelers missed a field goal early, and then the Jaguars kicked two field goals and took a 6-0 lead. Steelers came back with a touchdown and very evenly matched game. I, you know, I'm looking at the Steelers. I'm, you know, Tomlin's a pretty good coach, but could they be kind of mediocre? You know, you get the withdrawals, the uh, the withdrawal symptoms of no Big Ben. Well, He's retired, so they're playing other guys. We'll break down the stats of this game and so much more. Again, the final score was the Pittsburgh Steelers 16, the Jacksonville Jaguars 15. I think the rain, I think the rain held off for the most part of the stadium. Um, there's rain in our forecast as we record this podcast on Sunday, what you might say the morning after the game. Uh, rain chance now has been increased about 60%. Uh, here in Duval, or Sunday and most of Monday now. So the rain chance is back, partly cloudy skies, and at times we'll see partly cloudy skies become mostly cloudy. So we're going to we're gonna talk about, still hot though, still summertime hot, highs around 92, lows at night near 73. Steelers beat the Jaguars, Steelers 16, the Jaguars 15. Our Teal Shirt Report podcast, episode show number 42. Brought to you by Anchor.fm. Simplest and easiest way to make a podcast. We've been with Anchor since mid-January of 2020 when we basically started the podcast. And, um, you know, they've had a lot of really good creation tools, enhancements, improvements with Anchor.fm. So it's, uh, you know, it's great to uh, be with you on these podcasts. This is episode show number 42. Also brought to you by Saucer Realty and Capital for your real estate needs in North Florida, whether it's home, uh, residential, business, or commercial real estate. That's uh, home, residential, business, or commercial re uh, real estate in North Florida. Uh, Larry Saucer and his staff with Saucer Realty and Capital, they do real estate deals um, in Lake City, Live Oak, Jacksonville. They're sanctioned to do deals in Gainesville, and they even do real estate a little south of that North Florida line as well. So Saucer Realty and Capital for your real estate needs in North Florida, whether you're buying or selling, you'll find the link to Saucer Realty and Capital on our website, right in the middle of our 24-7 North Florida weather information. If you scroll the homepage, our homepage at bigjreport.com.
Also brought to you by LakeUfollowHits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good. Uh, they have Rock Saturdays. Also, Monday through Friday nights, Hits 2000s. Recognizable hits during the business day, Monday through Friday. Late at night, uh, they throw in some album tracks, deep cuts at times, and unique songs. LakeUfallTheHits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good. Don't forget about the Mad Max Mix. MadMaxMix.Weebly.com. You'll also find the links to Max's Wednesday night. His uh, Internet Radio Wednesday night musical quest show, 6 to 8 o'clock Central Time, 7 to 9 o'clock Eastern Time on Wednesday night. Max will take your request. He'll give you, I think, his, uh, his text number. You can text him a request. Might even be able to call him up. Uh, he, he plays a lot of great songs. Uh, Atlanta Rhythm Section, Led Zeppelin, John Lennon, uh, Man, oh man, Steely Dan, Gary Wright. Uh, many, many other uh, songs as well. Van Halen. Max usually will put a steady diet of Van Halen on there at times, too, and usually step out of the show at the end with uh, Joe Jackson. Great show. The MadMaxMix.Weebly.com officially is a site. But again, you can find the easy-to-click-on links at BigJReport.com in our Neighbors 2 section and also the Outside the Box section. Mad Max also our Georgia Bulldog football insider. We got Florida Gator football insiders too, like Alex Nunnery and myself, Scott uh, Lucas Mann. Uh, so we get a lot of get a lot of insight on the Florida Gators, Georgia Bulldogs, Alabama Crimson Tide. JC, one of our producers, is an expert on the SEC Western Division and, in particular, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Alabama's supposed to. I keep hearing that Alabama may actually have the best team that they've ever had since Nick Saban's been there. The story I hear, man, they got uh, Bryce coming back, the uh, quarterback. Um, Bryce is coming back. Uh, you know, he's, uh, what, the Heisman Trophy winner, right? And he's coming back for another year. I've also heard, maybe even more importantly, that Alabama is going to have three guys on their defensive front that are going to be rugged and tough. So the pass rush, the defense is going to be there and maybe an improved defense with Alabama this year. With all the high-scoring games, I'm, you know, I'm sure Coach Nick Saban says, man, we got to get some more defense in here. And I think that's that's what they've done. We'll cover the SEC pretty much, you know, all season long. Uh, we do cover the Jacksonville Jaguars, North Florida Entertainment, other area sports, including SEC football, high school football throughout North Florida, South Georgia, um, South Alabama, uh, pocket of South, Southeast Alabama, and of course, uh, Central Florida as well. So we got kind of our little pocket in North Florida, South Georgia, a pocket of Alabama, high school football around South, Southeast Alabama, and of course, Central Florida as well, where the governor of Apopka resides, uh, Larry Cole, who keeps us really up to date with Central Florida high school football. Alex Nunnery is great with high school football around North Florida, surrounding areas. We got some contacts in South Georgia and uh, South Alabama as well. And we'll keep you up to date with other area sports. But it's mainly Jacksonville Jaguars football is what we're here for, for the T-Shirt Report podcast, along with North Florida Entertainment and, of course, other area sports. Steelers did beat the Jaguars. Final score, 
the Steelers 16, the Jaguars 15. We are going to take a look. Let's take a look at some of the stats uh, that we do have on the Steelers game. Let's go right to them. Um, you know, there was a guy that got injured, and I want to take a look at that during the during this podcast, too, episode show number 42. When I think of the number 42, you know who I think about first and foremost? Number 42, wide receiver Paul Warfield, who played with the Miami Dolphins. He was with the Miami Dolphins for their uh, two Super Bowl championships in the early 70s, including the undefeated season and Super Bowl championship, and that has never been duplicated down throughout all the years. The Patriots came close one time, but the Giants got him in the Super Bowl. And heck, that was one about, was that 2007, I believe? When the Patriots were trying to go for an undefeated season. I'll check the year on that. But Paul Warfield, number 42, one of Bob Greasy's, quarterback Bob Greasy's, and even Earl Morrill, who came in and played a good bit of that uh, 1972 uh, undefeated season when Bob Greasy got hurt, you know, fairly early in the year. Uh, Earl Morrill won a lot of games. Bob Greasy won a lot of games. The Miami Dolphins won all the games back in 1972. Episode show, episode show number 42. And the main number I remember, that's number 42, is Paul Warfield, wide receiver of the Miami Dolphins back on those great early 1970s Miami Dolphins football teams. Let's get to the uh, stats right now. Jaguars were defeated. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers 16, the Jacksonville Jaguars 15. Uh, Jacksonville kicked a field goal in the first quarter after one quarter was three to nothing. Jags added another field goal early in the second quarter. Pittsburgh got a touchdown, and Pittsburgh actually led the game 7-6 to six at uh, halftime. Jags got a safety, and it was more of the quarterback um, that kind of caused the safety, I think, for Pittsburgh. But, man, the Jags were pushing the pocket. They were keeping pressure up front. I like where the defense is headed, but I will tell you this, and I think the offense will get untracked. For the Jaguars, when you've got a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence, the offense is going to get untracked. The receivers the Jaguars have not really a not really a standout number one, you know, outrun the coverage guy, but they got some good receivers. They got some some one B and two A receivers. They got probably three or four of those guys. So we'll take a look at the stats. Uh, Trevor had a decent game. Didn't get any touchdown passes. Trevor was, according to the stats here, Trevor was 14 for 21, 133 yards. Maybe the coolest thing was Travis Etienne broke a, a couple of not really long runs, but he, you know, he he looked smooth. You know, uh, Travis, Travis Etienne, the running back, to me, looks like a wide receiver playing running back. He's really a slender kind of guy uh not a real not a real bruiser at running back but man he he's he's got some moves um let's see travis etn he got about eight carries 29 yards um rudolph the quarterback um with the steelers 17 to 21 127 yards and he had the touchdown pass for uh, for pittsburgh the only Jaguars touchdown was a, a short touchdown run 
by backup quarterback C.J. Beathard, and you're you're glad to see that C.J.'s C.J.'s appeared to play better this game. He's going to be the backup. You're going to need him, you know, almost any you know given moment. We will uh, talk more about the stats uh, coming up uh, right here, of course, on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Again, the final score, the Pittsburgh Steelers 16, the Jaguars 15. We'll run down all the stats, uh, give you some North Florida entertainment today. We're trying to going to try to make this podcast a little quicker and less lengthy, like our executive producer, JC, likes us to do. And uh, we'll be back in just a moment with more of the Teal Shirt Report podcast coming up. Hey, time to get back to the uh, Teal Shirt Report podcast. Again, this is the Teal Shirt Report podcast. My impressions of the Jaguars' one-point loss to the Steelers, there was some good, there was some bad, and there was even more than a share of ugly. Kind of reminded me one of those ugly games that uh, Coach... uh, Coach Del Rio used to have would Jack Del Rio cut the Jaguars and they'd win 15 to 13 or lose 16 to 12 or what have you. This one was the Steelers 16, the Jaguars 15. It was ugly. The defense played well early. Maybe with ugly games, you got a chance to win more of them. I still got to think that the offense with the Jaguars is going to open up more once the regular season starts. That's our hope. Uh, Trevor didn't get a touchdown pass in this game, but uh, in my mind, you know, he, he played pretty well. ETN had a couple of decent runs, and and you're off to the races. Um, injury-wise, I you know, I thought I saw a defensive lineman. Um, it's always tough to pronounce his name, but uh, defensive tackle slash defensive end, Foley Fadakasi. Man, he's a strong guy. Number 94, defensive tackle, run stuffer, maybe really more than a run stuffer. Good tackling, tackling machine. And, you know, maybe this free agent that um, the Jaguars signed from the New York Jets, and he's in his first year with the Jaguars, Foley Fadakasi. Maybe having a guy like that on the team. Also, um, you know, we have to mention – Devon, Devon Hamilton, the nose tackle, because I think they're going to play a 3-4, but we're seeing a lot of vanilla 4-3 in the preseason. And who knows? They're going to move guys around, and um, I guess they'll show the opposing offensive offensive offenses different looks, right? They're going to show the opposing offenses, is what I'm trying to say, a lot of different looks, whether it's a 3-4-4-3, moving guys around and, you know, either set, particularly the 3-4. You know, I keep hearing that, Devon Hamilton's a nose tackle. That's got to make me think that they're going to play three, four. Uh, Foley Fadakasi, I watched him. I think he got he got hurt a little bit, banged up in the game. I don't I don't really know how badly he's injured or not injured at this point. He got banged up and came out. I'm going to get the word on his injury. We'll pass that along to you. The Steelers again beat the Jaguars sixteen to fifteen. So the all important guys up front, Dewan Smoot. Pushing the pocket, Roy Robertson Harris, um, Devon Hamilton, 
defensive tackle, defensive end, Foley Fata, Fata Cassie, who got hurt, banged up a little bit in this game. I saw a quote from uh, Tyson Campbell when I was stumbling around on the Internet. Uh, Tyson Campbell says, hey, the guys are closer than ever. So maybe with this team in 2022, there's more team unity than there was last year. That would be my guess. That would be my hope. And one thing I liked about Doug Peterson, you know, I did hear him say on one of the highlights when the team was getting ready to come out on the field, maybe it's pregame talk. Coach Doug Peterson says, do your job. Well, we've, we've heard that before, right? I will tell you that Trevor, in my opinion, quarterback Trevor Lawrence, you know, he gets rid of the ball really, really quick. This is a kid that's got a chance to be a tremendous quarterback. I mean, he he really does. And you don't want to mess this thing up. The guy's got to stay healthy, of course. If uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, can stay healthy, you know, he, he can be a tremendous quarterback. He really can. And that's, you know, that's what we are, we're all hoping for. Trevor, you know, becomes one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. That would be my hope. That would be my guess. But then we're going to, you know, we're going to get to this thing called the statistics. You know, and the stats always seem to, you know, tell the story, you know, of the games. Let's let's take a look at some of the stats. Sometimes, you know, stats can be, we, we've all heard the phrase stats can be misleading, right? So let's take a look at um, the Steelers-Jaguars statistics. As, uh, let's see, we do have some of the latest stats on the game. The Pittsburgh Steelers, again, won the game 16-15. Uh, to 15, The Jaguars built a 6 to nothing lead with a couple of field goals by Ryan Santoso. Is he going to be the field goal kicker? Man, that's still kind of up in the air. The Jags still have one more exhibition game left. One more preseason game with the Atlanta Falcons next week up in Atlanta. Uh, Ryan Santoso missed a field goal early on. Then he kicked a 53-yarder, got the Jags out in front. Um, I believe that was late in the first quarter with a 3-0 lead. Second quarter, Santoso kicked another field goal. This one was 25 yards, and they got the Jags up 6 to nothing. That seemed to be like the highlights for the Jags early in the game. They just couldn't get the, – the Jaguars just couldn't get the ball in the end zone. Uh, Benny Snell, who played his, you know, he knows all about Josh Allen because Benny Snell, uh, played his, uh, I'm pretty sure he played his college football, I believe at Kentucky, Benny Snell Jr. An 11 yard, uh, pass reception from Kenny Pickett, uh, the rookie, I believe he played for the Pitt Panthers. So he's kind of a local product for the Pittsburgh Steelers as far as playing college ball in Pittsburgh and now playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Chris Boswell has been around for a while with the Steelers kicked the extra point. And the uh, all of a sudden the Steelers were up seven to six in the second quarter, and it went into halftime like that. The Jaguars got a penalty called on Pittsburgh's uh, third quarter quarterback, Mason Rudolph. Uh, the penalty on the Steelers actually enforced in the end zone a safety the Jaguars and all of a sudden the Jaguars had an eight to seven lead in the third quarter. Uh, then there was no real scoring till the fourth quarter. CJ Beathard, a four yard touchdown run at the end of a drive and Ryan uh, Santoso kicked the extra point. Uh, let's see. Nick Skyba kicked a 38 yard field goal for Pittsburgh Steelers crept 
to within five points. Jacksonville led 15 to 10 at that point. Then uh, Tyler Sneed caught a one-yard pass, kind of on, kind of a swing pass on the side, ran it in for the touchdown. Two-point conversion, two-point pass conversion failed. Tyler Sneed caught the uh, winning touchdown pass, a one-yard catch from second-half Pittsburgh quarterback Mason Rudolph. So the Steelers got like three quarterbacks, you know, that are all fighting for the starting job. You know, Mitchell Trubisky, who looked actually, he, you know, he was pretty good at eluding the rush. Although the Jag, the Jaguars starting defense, they were pretty tough on Pittsburgh. Steelers uh, really didn't score in the game, you know, really until what? Um, late in the, uh, you know, late in the second quarter, the Steelers finally scored right before the half. So really the Jaguars first stringers on defense did a pretty good job. They, I mean, they really did. Let's take a look at some uh, individual stats. Now we kind of went over the summary of the scoring by quarters. Uh, I'm not really going to look too much at Pittsburgh's uh, quarterbacks. I, actually, all the Pittsburgh quarterbacks were, were highly efficient with uh, their percentages. Maybe not as much with Trubisky, but Trubisky was five for eight. 85.5 quarterback rating. Looks like Kenny Pickett looked pretty good. Got a touchdown pass. The rookie out of Pitt, out of the Pitt Panthers. Got a touchdown pass. One five one point five quarterback rating. Mason Rudolph had a touchdown pass in the second half and had a 107.7 quarterback rating. That's on the Pittsburgh side. Getting to the Jaguars. Man, EJ Perry made a couple of passes that were just awful in the second half. Did you see those? Then he made a good pass when the Jaguars made a little drive at the end of the game to kick, try to kick a long field goal to win the game. The long field goal was like a 57-yard attempt that was just uh, missed by, I guess that was Santoso kicking the uh, last uh, attempt for the field goal. And um, that was Santoso. Santoso, Ryan Santoso, I don't know if he wins a job or not. He was two out of four kicking. His long kick was 53 yards. He made his extra point, got seven points on the night. So we go through these stats. I don't know if Santoso's, uh, the Jags have already cut a, a kicker or two over the last few months. So we don't know really who's going to be the starting uh, field goal kicker for the Jacksonville Jaguars, do we? Let us uh, take a look at the stats um, that we do have at this juncture. Let's mainly concentrate on the Jaguars. Let's take a look at uh, – I'm always interested in receiving numbers. First of all, Trevor Lawrence was 14 out of 21, 133 yards, not bad. 6.3 average on the passes. Uh, Lawrence was sacked one time for five yards. So the offensive line did a decent job. E.J. Perry came in. Man, he really stunk it up on a couple of passes. But then he, he threw a nice one toward the end. He's a work in progress. Six out of 11. Uh, 92 yards. I can almost see why they released him the first go around. Then they brought him back. CJ Beathard, I'm going to say, played pretty decent. He also ran it in for it, ran one touchdown in. And uh, Beathard was six out of 10, 52 yards passing. Not a marvelous night throwing the football, but not bad. And he did run in. He made a nice drive with the Jaguars. And he did finish off a drive with uh, what was it, about a three or four yard. Touchdown run toward the end. LaVisca Chenault fumbled a punt. And then the next one he took, he didn't take it very far. 
So, uh, you know, they're trying some uh, trying some punt returning with LaVisca Chenault. Man, he's got a – man, I want LaVisca Chenault to be around here. He can't fumble the punts. Uh, taking a look at receiving Tim Jones, who I don't think is going to be on the team. Five receptions, 70 yards. Christian Kirk, five catches, 54 yards. The money says Christian Kirk's going to be here. Five receptions, 54 yards. Uh, no touchdown receptions. Marvin Jones Jr. had three catches for 40 yards. Dan Arnold down the field, two receptions for 22 yards. His long one was 18 yards. Uh, looked like he had a total of three targets and two catches. That's pretty good. Kevin Austin Jr., the undrafted free agent rookie, who's getting a good piece of change from the Jaguars, had one reception for a nice 21-yard pickup. Zay Jones, one catch for 12 yards. Uh, Jeff Cotton, who's always around. It seems like Jeff Cotton Jr., one reception, 14 yards. He's probably a practice squad guy when it's all said and done. Laquan Treadwell, one catch for seven yards. Jamal Agnew, Jamal Agnew, basically the kickoff returner, one catch for six yards. Out of the backfield, Raquel Armstead had one catch for six yards. LaVisca Chenault had one catch for six yards. And uh, tight end Chris Manhurts, one catch for three yards. Evan Ingram, one catch for two yards. And that's kind of the extent of the receptions. Uh, Rushing the football for the Jaguars. Travis Etienne actually, to me, looked really good on a couple of runs. But overall, decent at best. Uh, Travis Etienne showed a little bit of that explosive ability. But we're going to find out in the regular season. We're going to find out in the long haul if this guy is going to be able to you know, carry the mail, live up to being a late first-round pick for the Jaguars. Travis Etienne, eight carries, 29 yards. Uh, his per carry average, uh, not not really bad, 3.6 yards per carry, not bad. 10 yards on his long run. Snoop Connor had seven carries, 19 yards. C.J. Beathard, who scored a touchdown, running the ball in from, what, three or four or five yards out. C.J. Beathard, uh Three carries, 17 yards. Trevor Lawrence, two carries, 13 yards. I think uh, Coach Doug Peterson's offense is going to employ the quarterback running, you know, bootlegs, um, fake handoffs, and he takes off for for a run to kind of break up the monotony of the offense and keep the defense honest. I mean, that's what it's about. Trevor Lawrence, two carries, 13 yards. Uh, Mekhi Sargent seems like he's a hardworking guy, but I don't see him making the team. Might you know? There's a there's a glut of running backs. There's like five running backs. Who makes the team? Uh, three guys who make the team probably. Four. Somebody ends up on the practice squad. Mekhi Sergeant six carries uh, twelve yards. Raquel Armstead really a mediocre four carries for seven yards at best. We went over the receiving numbers. And defensively, let's take a look at defensively because I know that the guy that has really impressed a lot of people, of course, Tyson Campbell had three tackles, two solo tackles in the game. Uh, I was glad to see Shaq Quarterman, local Jacksonville kid, played at the U at Miami in his college days. He played high school ball at uh, Oakleaf, right? West side of Jacksonville. He played – you know, deep on the west side, almost to uh, Orange Park, right? So, I, you know, sometimes they get Fleming Island and Oakley mixed up, but it was uh, Shaquille Quarterman. He is the guy the Jaguars drafted in the fourth round a couple of years ago for the Nick Foles pick. And the Jags got a fourth-round pick from the Bears. 
and the Jags turned it into Shaquille Quarterman. He got two tackles in the preseason game, one solo, quite frankly, on one particular play, really played well. And uh, looking at some other guys, um, Gregory Jr., six total tackles, four solos. Not sure if he makes the team, though. Um, Boyd Olakon, five tackles, three solo tackles. This guy's you know, going to be one of your starting linebackers. Daniel Thomas, probably a backup safety, four total tackles, three solo tackles for uh, Daniel Thomas out of Auburn. He's been on the Jags for, I think, about three years now. Chad Muma drafted out of Wyoming after he was a pick. He was, I think, the Jags. What was he? The Jags second, third round pick, I believe. Chad Muma played at Wyoming. I believe it was Wyoming. Chad Muma played at Wyoming, and he got four total tackles, one solo tackle. And he's going to play more, get more snaps since Devin Lloyd is not playing. Devin Lloyd should be and will be ready to go for the opening bell when the regular season starts versus the Washington football team or the Washington commanders or whatever they're calling that team nowadays. Andre Sisco seems to be an ascending player. that's getting better and better. Andre Sisco, the safety at four total tackles, one solo against Chad Muma, the linebacker, rookie, rookie linebacker out of Wyoming. Uh, Chad Muma, four total tackles, one solo tackle. Daniel Thomas again, four tackles, three solo tackles. Olakon, the linebacker who played with the Falcons last year, free agent signing. Foisade uh, Olakon had five total tackles, three solo tackles. He was one of the top tacklers in the NFL last year. Andre Sisco, again, four tackles, one solo tackle. Trey Herndon, three tackles, two solo tackles. Chappelle Russell, three tackles. Tyson Campbell, three tackles and two solo tackles. Shaquille Quarterman, a couple of tackles. One was a solo tackle. Trayvon Walker, just not playing that much, not playing that many snaps, but Trayvon, Trayvon Walker at two tackles, the uh, number one overall draft pick out of uh, the University of Georgia, Georgia Bulldog, former Georgia Bulldog, Trayvon Walker, two tackles, one was a solo tackle. Arden Key, let me tell you what about Arden Key. He made one tackle, one solo tackle, and brother, it was a sack. Arden Key is a player that you know, got out of San Francisco. The Jaguars scooped him up. He was not a day one free agent, but the Jags did pick him up. I, I think, you know, that what in the first week of free agency, maybe late in the first week or the second week, Arden Key, you know, he's one of those guys up front that, you know, that's how you, you can get rid of. Of course, he's more of a defensive end, but a lot of these ends are going to be, you know, really important. The big ends are going to be really, really important in controlling the opposing team's running game, like Arden Key. Nice sack from Arden Key. Nice to see Rayshon Jenkins back playing after the real gruesome injury he experienced about halfway through last year. He had a tackle, and it was a solo tackle. Adam Gotts is a tackle, solo tackle. Dwayne Smoot always tries and pushes the pocket. One tackle, one solo tackle. And Kalewan Chason even had a tackle and a solo tackle. So Roy Robertson Harris had a tackle. Rudy Ford a tackle. He played some defense. He normally just plays special teams. Josh Allen had one tackle. Monteric Brown, known as Buster Brown, had a tackle. Devon Hamilton had a tackle. Josh Allen had a tackle. That's some of the defense. And, you know, I don't know how you really coin it, but early in the game, 
the Jaguars were styming the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. Pittsburgh did not score until toward the tail end of the second quarter. The Jaguars' starting defense did a good job. The Jaguars did not win this game. It was close. Again, it's just a preseason game. Pittsburgh Steelers 16, the Jacksonville Jaguars 15. As far as, um, you know, my impressions of, of, you know, what was going on out there, um, I before I talk about the preseason game, you know, Malcolm Brown was cut just a few days ago. He played at Texas before he went to the NFL. He was at Texas in 2014, played with the Saints. Saints let him go. He was kind of a cap casualty. Play Had a good year with the Jaguars, so. Hey, uh, he'll end up somewhere, I'm assuming. Malcolm Brown. Um, Jay Tavelli's another one of the guys up front that's uh, actually played behind Malcolm Brown. Um, Devon Hamilton appears to be the number one nose tackle. Kind of beat Malcolm Brown out for a starting position, and I guess that's why the Jaguars felt like they could cut the guy loose. I mean, uh, the Jags got... uh, you know, the guy, they, a couple of the guys they've got, um, you know, some of the players like uh, like Fadakasi, uh, Bularunso Fadakasi, that's a hard name to say. He got a tackle in this game, kind of got banged up and injured a little bit, but he's probably the, one of the reasons why Malcolm Brown's not on the team because he's, he's a tackling guy. And he's a, he's a big tackling guy for the Jaguars. So we'll take a look at uh, kind of our impressions, um, you know, some some of what was going on. I mean, defensive end, projected offensive. Uh, let me back up on that. Defensive end, outside linebacker Trayvon Walker, fast and powerful. You know, he's going to become a centerpiece on the uh, – he's going to become a centerpiece on the Jaguars' defense, no doubt about that. Where does he play? Does he play the right defensive end? Does he play some outside linebacker? I mean, there's heck, there's no telling. I mean, there's you know, there's no telling what he what he might do. Um, he's gonna he's a big guy, six five, about two seventy two. I've seen him most of the time in preseason lineup as a right defensive end. There's talk that he'll play a little outside linebacker. He's about he's the same height as Josh Allen, but he's probably 10 pounds heavier, but he's a fast and powerful guy. Ryan Santos, is he going to be the kicker? That's probably one of the questions out there. Uh, He was two out of four kicking. I'm not sure he ends up as a kicker. There may be another kicker that's going to be more consistent. No big bend for the Steelers. They got like three quarterbacks fighting for the job, including a rookie. Then you got a guy that used to be with the Bears that was a first-round draft pick in Mitchell Trubisky who started the game. Uh, One thing about Trubisky, I'm watching him, and he's pretty good at at eluding a defense with his feet. So he's got that going for him. I don't know. Pickett came in and played pretty well. Then you got Mason Rudolph. You know, we don't really talk about the Steelers on this show, the Teal Shirt Report podcast, but I think Tomlin's got – Tomlin's got really a tough decision to make on who's going to be a starting starting uh, quarterback. So that is some of what is going on uh, with the Teal Shirt Report uh, podcast. Jaguars do lose their preseason game. Uh, final score, the Steelers 16, the Jacksonville Jaguars 15. We'll be wrapping it up with North Florida Entertainment, some other area sports. 
and probably a closing word or two about the Jaguars. Coming right up, this is the Teal Shirt Report Podcast, episode show number 42. Hey, this is the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Uh, good to have you listening in on our next episode, which will be episode 43. Right now, you're listening to episode show number 42 of season number three of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. On our next episode, we're going to really give you our opinion on quarterback Trevor Lawrence from now and going forward. We're going to really isolate on quarterback Trevor Lawrence. We're also going to talk about the SEC power rankings on our next uh, podcast show, which will be episode show 43. Right now, we're kind of sliding toward the end of episode show 42. The Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, when you're talking about other area sports, man, they lost a twin bill. They lost two games of a doubleheader. That really hurt the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. The record now has fallen. Uh, to actually 61 and 54, we can uh, pull up. We can pull up some of the uh, standings of uh, AAA baseball. Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Let's take a look at the uh, AAA baseball standings and the way they shape up now with uh, AAA baseball. Let's see. Here's how things stand. Um, the Shrimp did not play on Saturday. They normally don't play a home game when the Jaguars are in town playing a preseason game. Well, let's take a look at the standings, man. Buffalo has even moved past Jacksonville. That doubleheader really hurt the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. That doubleheader lost to Nashville uh, on Friday night a couple of nights ago. Um, the way things shape up, AAA Baseball Eastern Division of the International League, the Eastern Division the Durham Bulls, one of the real iconic franchises in AAA baseball. The Durham Bulls, an affiliate of the, they are an affiliate of the Tampa Bay, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. The Durham Bulls, sixty-five and fifty-one in first place. Lehigh Valley, sixty-three and fifty-three, two games back. Buffalo has moved into third place, sixty-two and fifty-three, two and a half games back. They're the uh, uh, the AAA team of the Toronto Blue Jays. Jacksonville, the Jumbo Shrimp, the Miami Marlins AAA team, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, 61 and 54. They're three and a half games back. And and, and the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp have been tied uh, by Scranton now. Uh, Scranton is 61 and 54 as well. So the Jumbo Shrimp got to get really hot if they're going to catch up. And I, I don't think they've got the time to do it as far as the division title, but they've had a great year. The Shrimp now, and they got off to such a bad start early this year. They were 2-5, and five, and then I think they were 2-7. and seven. Then they went on a couple of winning streaks, and at least now at this juncture of the season, their second year of AAA baseball here in Jacksonville, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp are 61-54, and 54, but they're three and a half games out of first place. Again, we do want to mention that we are going to uh, talk about Trevor Lawrence going to talk about our impressions on how we feel Trevor Lawrence is going to do moving into the regular season in 2022. We're going to talk about that on our next podcast. Also, the SEC power rankings. And, of course, we do um, 
North Florida Entertainment as well. We're going to take a look at some of the concerts around the area as well. I want to thank my producers also. Uh, the incredible executive producer, JC, that does he so, does such a fine job helping us uh, to get this podcast on the air for you uh, about three days a week now. We're coming out with um, you know new material, new content, pretty close to three days a week now. That's the ultimate goal, to come out with one on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Sometimes we don't get the uh, podcast completely finished until the next day, but we're shooting for New episodes on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday primarily. We do check uh, North Florida Entertainment, as I as I told you. We'll take a look at some of the shows, by the way, in the Neighbors 2 section on, on our website at BigJReport.com. You can read our executive producer, JC's article about Bonnaroo at the top of the Neighbors 2 section. There's also a lot of photos taken by JC and, and also Zach. That was uh, with him, too, one of the guys that takes photos uh, with J.C. So check out the Neighbors 1, the Neighbors 2 section. You'll find photos of uh, the recent Bonnaroo show up in Tennessee that was held several weeks ago during the summer where they had, man, they had nearly 100 bands on six stages. Uh, Four days, I believe it was four days of uh, concerts, four days uh, I believe six stages and nearly 100 bands. And there's a good article on Bonnaroo on our, in our Neighbors 2 section at uh, BigJReport.com. Uh, checking out the recent uh, concerts. Let's uh, take a look at what's going on. By the way, we're brought to you by LakeUfallahits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good. Saucerility and Capital for your real estate needs in North Florida. You'll find a link to Saucerility and Capital. On our homepage, scroll down to the 24-7 North Florida weather information, and you'll find a link for Saucer Realty and Capital. For your real estate needs, Larry and his staff is sanctioned to do real estate deals in uh, Gainesville, Jacksonville, Live Oak, Lake City, and most areas in between, and even a little bit south of that uh, uh, North Florida line as far as uh, real estate goes, whether it's home, residential, business or commercial real estate it's uh, saucer realty and capital you'll find the link to saucer realty and capital on our homepage, uh, right within our weather report on our homepage. scroll down to the north florida weather 24 7 north florida weather and you'll find the link uh, for saucer realty and capital again we thank our sponsors anchor.fm simplest and easiest way to make a podcast LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio where it's all good, where they have rock Saturdays, hits 2000s, Monday through Friday evenings, recognizable hits most every day during the business day, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, you're going to get your recognizable hits morning through afternoon, morning and afternoon during the daytime, Monday through Friday, late at night, man, some deep cuts, album tracks, and um, what do I want to say, unadvertised type songs? (laughs) Good songs. That's right. Unique songs is what I'm trying to say. Let's take a look at North Florida Entertainment. Some shows coming up. Here we go. Got an update on shows coming up. Shows that are now scheduled in and around North Florida. Psychic Deli, Chris Parker and his band, Psychic Deli, uh, local North Florida band, will be playing at T-Dubs. Speakeasy in Atlantic Beach on August the 25th. We updated that date. I believe it's August 25th now. Also coming in September, Collective Soul 
at the Florida Theater in Jacksonville, Florida, on September the 13th of 2022 at 7 o'clock p.m. Uh, Mad Max will know this name, Judy Collins. I know the name. I mean, both sides now. Gosh, what year did that song come out? I, I need to look that up, but it's, what was that? It's got that. It's got that darn, that 60s sound to it, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Uh, the 60s sound. Judy Collins, Both Sides Now fame. Judy Collins of Both Sides Now fame will be in Jacksonville on September the 16th of 2022 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Florida Theater in Jacksonville, Florida. Don't forget about the Mad Max Mix Internet Radio Show. The Mad Max Mix Internet uh, Radio Wednesday Night Musical Quest Show from 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time at 6 o'clock until 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time and can be accessed at www.madmaxmix.weebly.com. That's www.madmaxmix.weebly.com or just simply madmaxmix.weebly.com. Or the simplest way that I find it, I go to bigjreport.com, go to the Neighbors 2 page, or the outside the box section, you'll find an easy-to-click-on link to go right to the Mad Max Mix uh, internet uh, radio show the wednesday night the internet radio wednesday night musical quest show wednesday nights the mad max mix.weebly.com the easy to click on links are at bigjreport.com go to bigjreport.com go to the outside the box section for the article about the mad max mix and right there at the bottom of the article there's a link to click on to go to the show on wednesday nights same thing in the Neighbors uh, 2 section, madmaxmix.weebly.com. How about this one? Uh, this show that was postponed a few times during the pandemic. Looks like Ringo Starr is trying to make it back to St. Augustine. It's Ringo Starr and his all-star band at 7.30 p.m. on September the 15th of 2022 at the St. Augustine Amphitheater. Also, Greta Van Vliet uh, coming to Jacksonville, Florida in October. On October the 21st of 2022 at 8 o'clock p.m. Tickets on sale now for Greta Van Fleet Showtime and date on Friday evening, October 21st of 2022 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Star Veterans Memorial Arena here in Jacksonville, Florida. Same night action, 38 Special will actually be in Jacksonville playing a show. The same night Greta Van Fleet is playing their show at the arena. Jacksonville, Florida band 38 special will play at the Florida theater here in Jacksonville, Florida in October on October the 21st of 2022 at eight o'clock PM. There will be an opening act and I don't have a, a list yet of who the opening act is, but there will be an opening act at eight o'clock PM. They're, they're sure to be good. Uh, if they're going to be an opening act for 38 special, they're going to be a, a good opening act. So, Keep that in mind. Jacksonville, Florida Band 38 Special will play at the Florida Theater here in Jacksonville, Florida in October, October the 21st of 2022 at 8 o'clock p.m. with an opening act. The opening act will play at 8 o'clock p.m. and then 38 Special will take the stage at uh, 9.30 p.m. on Friday night, October the 21st of 2022 at the Florida Theater here in Jacksonville, Florida. Some high school football action. These were basically preseason games. We're just now starting to get into high school football. We're going to mainly cover high school football like we did last year and the year before uh, for North Florida, South Georgia, Pocket of South, Southeast Alabama, as well as uh, Central Florida. 
we got we got folks that are that uh, do reports and updates for us and keep us informed in all these areas: North Florida, South Georgia, uh, Western Georgia, uh, South uh, South Southeast Alabama, Central Florida. Larry Cole, the uh, governor of Apopka, kind of keeps us up to date with Central Florida. Uh, JC will keep us up to date. JC, Doug Applin, um, uh, of course, Mad Max keeps up, keeps up to date with high school football out in western Georgia and, and uh, southeastern Alabama. Here's some scores we got from these are primarily North Florida, maybe some South Georgia scores mixed in. These are preseason games. The Yuley first coast game apparently ended up in a tie. I guess that's okay for preseason, right? Yuley 14, first coast 14. Uh, I'm not even that familiar with Old Plank Christian Academy, but I'll give you their score. Old Plank Christian Academy, 27, Calvary Chapel Academy, 19. Uh, Reigns was victorious over Godby out of Tallahassee. I believe that score was actually 21 to 7, and then I saw an updated score, 21 to nothing. But I remember the first score I see. In any event, Reigns won the game. Jacksonville, Reigns, 21. Tallahassee, Godby, 7, I believe was the final score. Creekside battled Fletcher in a preseason game. And it's and the information I have is Creekside is ranked 14th in the state. Creekside 24, the Fletcher Senators 21. Keystone Heights over in Clay County, Keystone Heights 22, Ridgeview 20. Uh, Bartram Trail, man, beat my dad's old high school, Lee High School. They're now known as Riverside. Now known as Riverside High. They're actually known as the Riverside High Generals. The Riverside Generals, formerly Lee High School, lost to Bartram Trail. Maybe Lee's going to have a down year, but I mean, that's hard to believe. Lee is uh, Riverside slash Lee. I mean, they're good almost every year. Um, the Riverside High School Generals, formerly known as Lee High School, they lost to Bartram Trail. Bartram Trail 40, Riverside nothing. Again, Keystone Heights over in Clay County. Keystone Heights, 22. Ridgeview, 20. Interlocking beat the Wolfson Wolfpack from Jacksonville. Wolfson's on the south side of Jacksonville. Interlocking uh, from Putnam County. Interlocking, 8. Wolfson, uh, nothing. So it was Interlocking, 8. Wolfson Wolfpack, nothing. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars had most of their training camp at Episcopal High School. Let's see, Episcopal had a preseason game on the road against Middleburg. Uh, Middleburg won that game 35-14 to over Episcopal. Middleburg 35, Episcopal, the, the Episcopal School of Jacksonville 14. So it was Middleburg 35, Episcopal 14. Bishop Kenny all over Clay High School. Man, Bishop Kenny, they looked. Pretty strong this year. Bishop Kenny, 51. The Clay High School Blue Devils from Clay County, 12. Uh, St. Joseph's Academy from the St. Augustine area. St. Joseph Academy, 15. Cedar Creek Christian, 6. Let's see. This is more of a Central Florida game. Mainland, 35. Matanza, 7. Up in Georgia, Charlton County, 26. Jeff Davis, 14. Charlton County, I believe, is a school that all the Baileys played at, like Champ Bailey. Great NFL player, great player at uh, Georgia. Champ Bailey played for Charlton County years and years ago. Charlton County 26, Jeff Davis 14, the final score. Uh, Another Georgia score, Lanier 12, Lanier County 12, Bacon County 6. Let's see, Columbia County Tigers knocked off kind of their rival 
over in Live Oak. Columbia County, Lake City Tigers, 14, Suwannee, 10, a final. But that's a preseason game. Mainland, 35, Matanza, 7. Let's see, Tim Tebow's old high school, 1, Nice, uh, Tim Tebow's old high school, Nice High School, Nice, 34, Menendez, 14. Uh, let's see, Brookwood, 41, Federica Academy, 12. Andrew Jackson. This was a this was kind of a Georgia Florida game here. Brunswick twenty three. Andrew Jackson Tigers thirteen. Bradley County thirty four. Atkinson County six. Uh, Camden County got beat by. And I had talked to Mad Max about this. I believe there is a Columbia up in Georgia. Columbia thirteen. The Camden County Wildcats ten. Camden County is primarily um, the county that kind of encompasses St. Mary's Kingsland Woodbine area. And it was Columbia from up in Georgia, Columbia 13, Camden County, 10, a final. And this is kind of a mild upset because Camden County is actually ranked 23rd in the state in the Georgia high school football. Uh, Glenn Academy from up in Georgia, Glenn Academy, six Statesboro, nothing, the final score. And that's about all we have from the high school ranks. Uh, I do have my high school score, the Ed White Commanders got beat by Hawthorne, Hawthorne 12, my Ed White Commanders 6. Can you believe the Washington the Washington Commanders kind of came in and swiped or stole my, my high school's nickname, the Ed White Commanders, as they're now known as the Washington Commanders, formerly the Washington football team, and before that, the Washington Redskins for most all those years. And that's a whole different subject that can get a little touchy. But, man, what a great name, the Redskins. Man, the Washington Redskins, synonymous with the NFL. Then they became the Washington football team, now the Washington Commanders. That is going to do it uh, for this edition of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Thank you for listening in, our producers. And, we're again, we're produced by Alex Nunry. Also by our executive producer, JC. I want to thank Alex Nunner. He's also a BigJReport.com sports reporter. If you want to hear some of Alex's high school football reports, hey, go back to episode show 41. All of Alex's reports are on episode show 41. If you missed that one just a couple of days ago, this is now episode show number 42 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Number 42 for, for me, synonymous with Paul Warfield, wide receiver back in the day in the early 70s for the Miami Dolphins when I was a kid. So this has been episode show number 42 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Again, special thank you to our sponsors, Anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to make a podcast. Also, Saw Serility and Capital, LakeUfallHits.com, great internet radio, and the Mad Max Mix, internet radio uh, internet radio music request show on Wednesday nights at madmaxmix.weebly.com. Special thank you to all of our, our sponsors again. Uh, Anchor.fm, Saucerility and Capital, the Mad Max Mix, and LakeUfallHits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good. And again, one more time, special thank you to our sponsors, Alex Nunnery, also our BigJReport.com sports reporter, Alex, also a producer, on our Teal Shirt Report podcast. And want to thank our BigJReport.com freelance writer, JC, and our executive producer, JC, of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. 
if you would like to help the podcast, if you'd like to be a supporter of the podcast in the anchor, when you're listening to the uh, podcast and you pull up the anchor feed, which it always goes back to anchor because that's where the podcast originates from, the anchor feed, anchor.fm. Um, when you you will see a support button. You can click on the support button. If you would like to sponsor the podcast or support the podcast, click on the support button. We would love that. You can also email me to scott at bigjreport.com. If you'd like to advertise on the podcast, the Teal Shirt Report podcast, you can write to me, scott at bigjreport.com. That's our email, scott at bigjreport.com. Or you can click on the support button the support button on the anchor feed and support the podcast. And we'd love to have you, uh, if you want to help support the podcast, it helps things move even better out here with the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We appreciate you listening again. Special thank you to my producers, Alex Nunnery, our, our producer, Alex Nunnery, and our executive producer, JC. Thank you guys for helping me to put this podcast together, the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Next episode, we're going to talk a lot of Trevor Lawrence quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're going to talk about the SEC power rankings and more North Florida entertainment as usual in most episodes as well, right here at the Teal Shirt Report podcast. This has been episode show number 42 of season number three. Thank you for listening. This has been the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I'm your host, trying to make sense of it all. My name is Scott. Have a great day. We'll talk to you again real soon. Hey, we're always up here. So check us out. Click on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We've got a new episode coming in a few minutes or a few hours, depending on when you tune in. But we got a lot of episodes. We just, again, we just finished episode 42 of uh, this year in this year, 2022. Thank you for listening to the Teal Shirt Report. The Teal Shirt Report. Let me get that title right. The Teal Shirt Report podcast. We talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. North Florida Entertainment and other area sports, including the SEC, some high school football for our areas and other area sports as well, uh, such as the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. So thank you for listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We'll do it again real soon. Our episodes, our episodes of the Teal Shirt Report podcast are always available to you. So check us out. Thank you for listening. My name is Scott, your host for the Teal Shirt Report podcast, and I'm out. Hey, have a great day.